0: Hi, it's Melissa Moore and welcome to Mile High Magazine on this Sunday morning. We all hear the stories about depression and suicide and how it is high here in Colorado, especially among our teenagers. So I'm really excited that we're talking with Kari Eckert, the executive director of Robbie's Hope this morning. Good morning, Kari.
1: Good morning. Thanks for having me.
0: Well, thank you for being here. It's an important conversation that we're having today. Let's start a little bit with the basics, maybe for folks who weren't here last time and are not familiar with Robbie's Hope. Explain Robbie's Hope and how it came to be.
1: Sure. Um, Just over 19 months ago, my son Robbie died by suicide, October 11th, 2018. Robbie was a successful student. He was an athlete. He had a lot of friends he wasn't on anyone's radar screen for being at risk for suicide. And my husband and I were actually at parent-teacher conferences when Robbie took his life. We came home to a parent's true worst nightmare. And it was put upon us right away that we needed to step up and do something because we quickly learned what an epidemic it truly is in our state and in our country. So that's where Robbie's hope comes from.
0: And Kari, I remember talking to you just a few months after this had happened. And knowing and obviously being able to see your heartbreak, but you really were on a mission even quickly after this happened to make sure that other families didn't suffer the way yours had.
1: Yes, yes. We really, um, we just quickly became a, a, aware of the statistics and just said, what's going on? What can we do to change this? Um, our teens deserve better. We don't want other parents to experience this. And we just, felt that we needed to step up and not be silent. Um, A lot of times there's a lot of stigma surrounding a death by suicide, and that just doesn't help. We have to, um, we can use our voices, teens and parents, and just all of us together to change the issue.
0: Well, over the last 19 months, and you work closely with teens, what have you learned? What are some of the things that you've learned that maybe have surprised you?
1: Yeah, so we started meeting with teens right away, just a few weeks after Robbie's death and listening to teens. And teens are, um, they're very open when you give them the opportunity to talk and they're growing up in a very, very different time. This is even prior to COVID. So Mm -hmm. we have learned a lot and we really wanted to hear from teens and understand their perspective and what is different about growing up as a teenager today versus just 10 years ago, because suicide rates in our state of Colorado they're up over 50% just the last three years. That's
0: terrifying to hear. Hey, have you been able to figure out why that is?
1: Why? There's a lot of myths, to be honest. There isn't a true why. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of factors. It's just, it's a very different time to be a teen, unfortunately. And they aren't always connected to the resources that are available. And there just is a lot of stigma and a lot of pressure. Um, A lot of teens are afraid to ask for help, and that's true with any demographic. Um, Mental illness is not something that we just go ahead and put our hand up and say we need help with, but it is okay to say we need help with.
0: Well, in fact, Robbie's Hope, your motto is, it's okay to not
1: be okay. It's okay to not be okay, and to have hope. Hold on, pain ends. That word was given to us right away. I'm so glad that we picked it for Robbie's Hope. I knew I wanted Robbie's name. But hope, hold on, pain ends. Mm -hmm. That's so applicable right now in COVID um, all the time. You have to hold on. Good
0: for everyone to remember that, but especially our teens who maybe haven't had the life experiences to know that that is true. Um, Let's talk a little bit about COVID-19. How is it affecting our teens?
1: Oh, goodness. It's uh, really affecting them. And just now recently with the changes that we've seen in the last week since George Floyd's death, our kids are stressed out. Um, I think during the online school this spring, some kids that really worked well for other kids, it was not good at all. We were all just kind of trying to adapt to the uncertainties and Now, there's even more uncertainty about what this fall looks like for school. Um, I think our kids are just, they don't know what this looks like, just like parents don't. And that's very difficult.
0: So how can parents help the kids that are dealing? I mean, all of our kids, I have a teenager myself, and it's a difficult time right now, especially with the uncertainty like you were just talking about on the horizon and not knowing if school's going to be in session and if it is what it looks like
1: right take the time to have the conversations to ask the questions um how do you feel about this what do you think about this and when you're asking those questions instead of asking looking for the answer that you want ask to listen ask to hear what your child what your team really feels
0: so you're saying ask with a sense of curiosity
1: curiosity that's a great great word and that applies not to just to COVID to school but to depression and anxiety as well Mm -hmm. sometimes as parents we may ask the questions but we aren't always listening and we're looking for a certain answer Um, and kids they're very intuitive teens they know we know as adults but teens really know if you're willing to listen and if you're able to listen and that's really really what we have learned that teens want, a lot of times they just want to be able to get things off of their chest and be heard.
0: So tell me about, as we're talking about parents, you, you came out with a new guidebook for parents. Tell me a little bit about that.
1: Yeah, so it's called an adult handbook and it's a guide by teens on how to talk to teens. Um, last fall, we sat down with um, our the kids involved in our hope groups and we just said, how can we help other parents and other teachers and just anyone that interacts with someone your age to have meaningful, difficult conversations? And we listen to them. And that's where this handbook came from. It's available on our website. Um, to date, we, it's, you can download it. It's available in Spanish and, and in English. But more importantly, we've been able to mail over 50,000 copies of this handbook to many states. It's gone internationally. School districts have ordered it. Um, it's just very different because it's teen speak.
0: I was going to say, what did you? What is in that book that teens said? Give me, give me a couple of things that you took away oh. from it.
1: Yeah, well, we just touched upon like um, the type of questions that we ask to ask open-ended questions. Um, it talks about the environment where you're going to have a conversation. Um, some teens that might be in the room, they might feel really safe there. Uh, Some teens that might be in a car and other teens talking in a car would be the worst place you would Mm want to visit with a teen. So you have to always be able to take what works for your child or the student that you're working with into um, consideration. But it truly has sample questions about initiating a conversation, um, things to avoid, things to think about. But really it's just about trusting your gut. And if you notice something with a teen that doesn't seem Um, to fit their character to that's typical of them, you gotta ask them about it. And
0: tell me a little bit, you mentioned it a couple of minutes ago, about Hope
1: Groups, what are
0: Hope Groups?
1: So Hope Groups, right after Robbie's death, we started meeting with teens um, just to really find out what's different about being a teen today, as opposed to what we thought teens were like, um, just with Robbie and with our daughter um, raising her. She's going to be a senior in college. And we just, um, the kids came to us and they were so open and so willing to have conversations and to put their phones down and felt so safe and just kept coming back. We kept meeting with them. So we determined that that was what we maybe could be helpful to other teens, not just Robbie's friends and people who knew our family. Mm -hmm. But how could we take this to to larger groups? So hope groups, places for teens to feel safe with one another, to feel um, heard Mm-hmm. To have difficult conversations, and also what can kids do to change, um, change the conversation and bring it to other groups? What can just like today? Um, I don't even it's kids protesting, but youth protesting. Right. What can we do in our environments to create change?
0: So when you started these hope groups, I mean, obviously, it was kind of it sounds like it was one um, with at your house or with you and your husband. How many hope groups are there now and how can kids
1: get involved? There are only six hope groups. I wish that there were more. Um, And I don't think it's the teens that don't want to be involved. I think it's the reluctance of adults. Um, Putting yourself out there to be available to teens, it's frankly scary But taking that leap, and um, teens, when they are given the opportunity, they respond. They are so, oh, I enjoy working with teens so much. They just are empowering. They want to create change. They want to be heard. They're just, they're our future.
0: Yeah, they absolutely, as a mother of a teenager, I absolutely agree with you. Um, why, you kind of touched on it there, but explain to me why, after meeting and learning from so many teens, why do you think it is that they want to get involved?
1: I think they're tired of losing their friends to suicide. They're tired of um, seeing friends struggle. They're tired of struggling themselves. They know what the statistics are. In our Denver metro area, sadly, um, the, the attempts of suicide. So, for every completed suicide, there's twenty to five to thirty attempts. With rate, suicide rates being so high, they are very aware that mental health is a big issue for them, and they want to they want to change that. They want to talk about this. Right.
0: Do you feel like they're more open to talking about it and letting go of the stigma of shame
1: that has surrounded mental health for so long? I really think they are. They are not, there is not as much stigma when they are together with one another. They talk about their past, they talk about their experiences, what they've learned, what their friends have experienced. Um, They are not pushing it under the rug.
0: So tell me a little bit about one of the people that Robbie's Hope Foundation has helped who's a recording artist here in Denver. Tell me that story a little
1: bit. Micah Wilson. So we've tried to um, embrace teens, just empower them with whatever their vehicle or their avenue of expression is, Um, being fine arts, music, poetry, um, being an activist down at the Capitol, talking about legislation. But Michael Wilson, he is a 18-year-old. He just graduated. Um, he's an amazing young man and just has a talent of music. And we were able to take him in to the recording studio and help him record a whole album. And it's awesome. It's pretty exciting. It just released just within the last 10 days.
0: All right. And do you have information on that album on your website?
1: It's called The Departure. You can go... It, stream it. You can, um, yes, it's on our website. But okay. there, it's available. If Kids know how to get all of those. Right. <laughs> I was going to say, they'll
0: figure it out, won't they? Um, tell me yeah, a little a bit. Departure. Okay. You just touched on le- legislature and work going on right now. Um, tell me how Robbie's Hope is working right now and some of the laws that you're trying to change or make happen.
1: Yeah. So this year, Paul, well, everything has changed this year with COVID. Um, but That's been one of the highlights of our group is taking teens down to the Capitol because legislators, they really want to hear the voice of teens. Um, So there was one bill that has passed the Senate and the House and it's um, Senate Bill 20-014 and it's uh, excused absence for mental health. It was a bill that didn't have any fiscal note. It was very highly supported by both sides of the legislature. And it gives parents the ability to call into school and be truthful of why your child needs to stay home, naming things for what they are. And that's part of um, decreasing the stigma and creating the change. Prior to this bill, if your child came to you and said that they were feeling anxious, that school didn't feel right that day, you would have to call and lie. You'd have to say they have a stomachache or, Mm -hmm. um, you know, whatever you, you felt was the right thing to say. Um, the governor has not signed that bill so hopefully he will. Mm-hmm. There was one other bill that um, it did not make it and that was to train educators in um, mental health awareness and being able to have resources like the Robbie's Hope Adult Handbook. There's some districts that um, have put a lot of funding into this mm-hmm. but there's other districts that have put nothing and you know our teachers, they um, and our coaches, They are tenfold their reach with students and the relationships that they have, but they're not being given the tools and the training to be able to um, assess their students for risk for suicide and harm.
0: Final message for teens who are struggling right now with depression and anxiety and just the difficulty of our world today. What would you say to them?
1: Find someone to talk to. Reach out. It's okay to not be okay, but you have to reach out and ask for some help.
0: Kari Eckert, thank you so much for being here. I sure appreciate it. Thank you. What's the website again, one more time? R-O-B-B-I-E-S-H-O-P-E.com. Robbie's Hope.com. We'll have the link on the website at the station. You can listen to the show again as a podcast and always share it on your social media platforms. I'm Melissa Moore. Go and have a blessed day. Be kind to one another. And thanks for being here for Mile High Magazine.